This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by Endings. Don't cry because it happened. Smile because it's over. All right, you fuckers. This is the last episode of Half a Star we're ever doing. I'm, I'm fed up. I am, Ben has been on my case about why aren't the numbers higher? And I, I, I don't know what to tell him. He'll call yeah, me I'm every a, night. I'm a big business guy. I, I really, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into that back end uh, numbers thing, you know? Every night he called me crying saying, why aren't we moving the needle? And I, I would, I would say to him, honey, listen, I don't know. And in the spirit of ending things with a bang, we have a heck of a guest, Justin. Your friend and mine, Rob McDonald, is joining us. And we're going to talk to him about a half a star story and maybe some meditations on things and art and all that kind of stuff. And this isn't like a funny bit where we're like, Ooh, it's the last one. We'll be back. Surprise. No, we're done. This is the end. This is the last. Rob is going to, he's kind enough to share his time with us and we're going to talk to him also about failure, about what what went wrong, what's wrong with me. I know I came in hot. I called you fuckers. I don't regret that. I don't often swear on this show. Yeah, right. But I'm, I, I got ants in my pants, Ben. I'm just, I, I'm done. I quit. Anyway. I quit. I'm all that even- and more on this final episode of Half a Star. He's Justin. He's Ben. Take it away, Rob. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star. We're back. All right. I'm going to begin with an apology because I feel it is wrong to shame the people who aren't listening to the people who are listening. It's like when you do a comedy show and only a couple people show up and the host, he just shits on the show at the people who actually did want to come. So listeners, I don't know what, Ben, what am I doing wrong? Do I, is it because I care too much? I feel like it's that. I think you're coming in a little bit too hot. I think you could stand to have a little bit of detached ambivalence like I do. Well, that's a stimulating start to a conversation. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't care. Today's theme is detached ambivalence. And who better to speak about detached ambivalence and the subject of creativity than Rob McDonald. Now, Benton, you've got a long-standing history with Rob, as do I. Can you believe as, it? Ten as years. do the listeners. Yeah. The listeners have a long-standing relationship with Rob McDonald because he's been the voice of our theme song all this time. And when you hear his voice in about 15 minutes, when we get to the <laughs> interview, uh, you're going to be like, oh, it's that guy. And it's yeah. all going to come together. But Rob has been in our lives for nigh on a decade now. Um, we're also very good friends with his son, Cameron, who has you, also never been on this podcast before. Did you say nigh on? I did say nigh on a decade. Yes. Is that a Star Wars thing? No, what that's is, just a way that the English works. Nigh on? Nigh, <laughs> N-I-G-H. 
on on i hate this podcast so much (laughs) this is all we do we just think we're so funny we think this is so good that the world fuck it justin justin have some not sit down have some tea this is coffee all right when am i allowed to start (laughs) (laughs) so rob's been here this whole time and has to listen to this nonsense rob uh thank you so much for being here uh how are you dealing with this Omicron world we're living in? Um, I, I've not been out of my house except to get groceries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, get, I now get groceries like once a week, once mm-hmm. every eight, nine days, I'm going to say. Yep. And other than that, I've just been uh, in the house uh, reading Jack Reacher novels. Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fear there's a there's a new TV show out about it that actually casts somebody tall. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not not Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> nice. All right, that's all the time we have for our last episode <laughs> of Half a Star. Go out and read some Jack Reacher. I hear it's got a tall guy in the show. Wow, this is. This uh, is- um, you had mentioned a detached ambivalence and how yes. I'm perfect for that. Yes. Uh, I only know one of those two words. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, luckily, Rob, uh, we have Benton, who has been <laughs> studying English for nigh on 50 years, and he would love to explain what detached ambivalence is. So, uh, wait, Ben. <clears throat> yeah, uh, detached ambivalence is essentially the way that I carry myself every day. Um, it's sort of like you remove yourself from the situation, you are not emotionally invested, and so that's the detachment part. And then the ambivalence part is uh, it could go uh, either way. You could take it or leave it, essentially. Right. No, I, I, I think I am a, a, a valid uh, um, participant in that uh, frame of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I have a question for you. This yes. just came into my head and I'm interested in what you have to say about this. So you and I um, have collaborated quite frequently on, on comedy shows and, and even some, uh, some more serious fare as well. Um, one of the characters that you bring into our work very often is a public health nurse. Yes. Uh, and her name is uh, rather appropriately for this day and age, anti-vaccine. Yes, or anti-vaccine. Anti-vaccine, yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what you think her take on this whole situation would be. Um, well, anti or anti-vaccine is pro-vaccine. Okay. That's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, I think anti-vaccine would, um, she would uh, now be a teacher in schools. Okay. Would volunteer herself to go to the health clinics to, uh, to take one of the positions right. of people who are now um not being able to go to the health clinics okay so she would be a healthcare hero she would be a healthcare hero yeah yeah. that that warms my heart that's good yeah nice all right listeners we've uh we've reached a threshold in the episode i've ben took over the interview he gave me uh we're recording on zoom ben looked at me he gave me the silent hand signal uh to say take a walk take a lap (laughs) around the apartment i did i stretched uh, I had some, uh, I had a bag of pizza, which is <laughs> a good snack. I had a bag of pizza. I came back. I'm good. 
I'm ready to just chat. Uh, Rob McDonald, as Ben mentioned, is a celebrated comedian, ah. writer, theater person. Ah. person. You laugh, Rob. You, you've you impacted a lot of people's lives uh, in ways that uh, I, I don't even know if you know the magnitude, but I want the listeners to get a sense of a little bit of the history of Rob McDonald's work. Now, we could talk about it, and we love to talk, but Rob, what the hell got you started in the world of performance, writing, and all that nonsense? I was uh, two years into a psychology degree at UPEI in the mid-1980s. And um, uh, I didn't care for psychology, I discovered. So I switched my major to English. And uh, in that switching to English, um, I started meeting um, uh, people who are more into the arts. One of those persons was uh, David Moses, who mm -hmm. was at the university at the same time. He happened to be the, uh, the president of the UPEI Theater Society at the time. And uh, I can remember it as clear as uh, it was yesterday, uh, him meeting me in, on the sidewalk in front of the main building at UPEI, asking me if I'd be interested in being in a play. Uh, it, the, the concept never even entered my mind before that. Uh, and for some reason I said yes. And um, uh, the play was The Glass Menagerie. I was mm -hmm. a gentleman caller. And uh, yeah, and uh, it, it stuck. Um, my, uh, I, I became in love with theater. Uh, it was performed at the McKenzie Theater. And uh, I was sitting on the edge of the stage as was my direction at the time, uh, speaking to um, the, uh, the female uh, character. And my, I forgot what my lines were. Mm. And in that moment of panic and dread and horror, I went, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I was never so alive as in that moment where I had no idea what I was supposed to say. Mm -hmm. and, uh, from that moment on, that's kind of how I uh, uh, lived my theater life. That's awesome. I find that really interesting because we hear so many stories from performers about like, oh, everyone has a moment where they forgot their lines and it's always portrayed as such this like embarrassing moment or this like horrifying moment or something. But like, I think there's something to the fact that we all kind of get back on the horse afterwards that shows that that is a really exciting moment as well. Like it is really sort of a, an attractive intoxicating moment too. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I don't profess to be a great actor or even a good actor, but um, what that moment taught me was in that moment where I had no idea what my line was supposed to be, I never felt more alive and, and in the moment than in that moment where I had no idea what I was supposed to say. And I think I've been trying to, uh, that's, that's, I've been trying to find that uh, alive moment uh, every time I go on stage now, and I, I rarely succeed, but uh, <laughs> I'm always searching. Do you think that's why you're, you've been so drawn to improv lately? That idea of not knowing what's coming? I think so, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. great. That's all the time we have. <laughs> I have a better answer for that, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. No, that, that just kinda, I just kind of connected those dots there. That's kind of really, that's interesting. Nice. Now, it's interesting that you found that excitement in the being faced with the unknown of not sure what happens next. I think that choosing 
you're, I, I think in a sense, your nerves, you're faced with, how do I feel about this situation? I think excitement is, is uh, one reaction. I've seen different reactions to those nerves. Uh, having stood on stage with uh, uh, a certain actor who I, I can't say the name of, I, could, I don't want to hurt Lauren Elliott's feelings, uh, but standing on stage, looking into another man's eyes and knowing that he does not know what is about to happen next is, uh, I don't know if it's exhilarating, uh, it's definitely terrifying, but uh, it's definitely a moment of, well, buckle up. What happens next is the play, I guess. <laughs> I've uh, I've also stood on a stage with Lauren Elliott and um, uh, looked into those vacuous, empty eyes, uh, waiting for him to say a line as well. So, uh, you know, I don't want this to turn into a, a, a dissing of uh, Lauren Elliott because he's a he's a tremendously funny guy and uh, very prolific. But uh, I guess what we're saying is at least two thirds of us believe that he has a hard time remembering lines. And I think we're Lauren Elliott in this call. I think he would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just like to say, Lauren, if you're listening, uh, and we know that you are, um, sorry that this is the second episode where this has happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lauren, if you're listening, one, I'm not sorry. And two, congratulations on figuring out how to use a podcast. Uh, what, what I love about you two is um, this being your very last uh, podcast of Half a Star, and you still have that belief that someone is listening. <laughs> what I love about you two. At least to the first 30 seconds. If not, they just go, eh, they're still doing the, we're too friends much, and people too care. Much too much swearing. Yeah. Uh, no, now, I'm interested, Rob. Your theme song has said that you don't listen because it's a podcast. Yes. Um, but if the listener was to feel that they must, then they should listen to this one. Uh, well, my, oh, okay. That's not what the, the theme song says. It doesn't say that you should listen to this. It's that if you feel like you must listen to a podcast, this is a podcast. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Good right. right. Okay. So my question, I guess I have two different questions. The first question is, have you ever listened to this one? And the second question is, um, why do you think that people didn't listen to this? Huh. Uh, the answer to the first question is I have listened to uh, select episodes of this podcast. Oh, nice. And uh, select portions of other uh, episodes of this podcast. Until Justin starts swearing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just my uh, rage is unbridled. Continue. Uh, so that's the answer to the first okay. part. Uh, the answer to the second part is um, I, my philosophy on podcasts is I just don't understand how people have the time to, to, to commit to, what is this going to be like four hours this episode? <laughs> like, I don't know how people sit down and go, I'm going to spend the next four hours, whatever it is, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever it is, 25 minutes that sounds like, feels like four hours. I don't know how people uh, just sit down and, and make that commitment. This is listen to. Well, we have said from day one that we want to be the podcast that people listen to while they're watering their driveways. We have often said that. And so I'll, uh, I'll make the assumption that you, ha I'll agree that you probably have said that having not listened to the podcast. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> and not just yeah. this, not this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. That's my philosophy on all podcasts. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, guess, I find it hard enough to listen to the CBC radio. <laughs> so you're saying we're on the same level as CBC radio. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll put that in writing. Thank wow, you. okay. I'll take that. And if I'll you want to just like at Matt Rainey at the end of whatever you're writing, that would be really great. At Lauren Elliott. <laughs> madly off in all directions. So... This whole show is based on the concept of a half a star story. We invite guests to come on and share a half a star story, a story so bad that it's good. And I think the podcast itself, uh, I don't even know if it's so bad, it's good. I think it's just bad that it's it, its bad. And if people like it, if you've enjoyed it thus far, uh, good for you, maybe read a book. But um, Jack, we want... read some jack reacher Reacher. exactly he's a tall man he is so we have one final half star story in the chamber and we're asking rob mcdonald to share it with us here today rob do you have anything you'd like to share i do i do have a half a star story um this takes us back to uh i'm gonna say the mid 1990s whoa uh, you two were born at that point, yes? Correct. Yep, that's correct. Uh, yeah. would, you, would you be like maybe three or four? Yeah. Yep. Mid 1990s. Um, so uh, it was winter time, and uh, we, myself, and a, a group of friends decided we would go sledding, something that we haven't done very often. We said this will be a kick. We haven't sledded for a long time, so you know, let's get into this. Um, so we went to uh, Stone Park School. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they still have it, but they had a, a big sort of, that's where everybody in the, in the town, in the city went, uh, Stone Park, to slide down the Stone Park Hill. Um, I had a few sleds, uh, a crazy carpet perhaps, that I uh, added to the, uh, to the um, pack of uh, sledding materials. But just as a, before I was leaving the house, um, I thought, hey, this will be cool. I remembered that I had a big sort of a, a cardboard box in our basement. And I went, <laughs> I'm going to go old school, and I'm going to slide down the hill on a cardboard box. Just like my father probably did. Mm-hmm. His grandfather probably did. I think they had cardboard back in the early 1900s. So that's what I did. Um, went to the Stone Park School, uh, went up and down the hill a few times with the regular, you know, the crazy carpet and the, the sleds. And then I thought, all right, so sort of started making, uh, you know, connections with the other people in the, on the hill, uh, strangers at the time. And I went, okay, this is it. I'm going to, next time I go down this hill, I'm going to use the cardboard box. Old school. So I got up to the top of the hill. Uh, set myself on the cardboard box, um, pushed myself with my hands a couple of times. <laughs> uh, you, are you getting a good picture? Oh, yeah. Picture? Um, and I went maybe five feet. <laughs> the cardboard uh, on, the, on the cardboard box started to uh, deteriorate because of the, the, the moisture, and I fell off. Um, I went, okay, so that didn't work. But uh, here's the half a star p- 
portion of this story is um, one of the groups of uh, you know acquaintances that we started to make on the hill were uh, uh, at the time uh, teenagers, very fairly fairly polite teenagers. One of them who had seen me uh, in my cardboard box debacle um, uh, after I had picked myself up after you know going five feet or whatever. Uh, he said this, and this changed my life forever. He said, nice try, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> nice try, sir. <laughs> At that moment, I felt 100 years old. <laughs> I've lost my connection with the youth at that moment. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my half a star story. And you would have been like mid twenties then. Uh, yeah, uh, thirty probably. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. What's funny to me is you began the story uh, and you're saying we're going to the hill. We're gonna go sledding. Uh, you're gonna get the box. I'm picturing a kid, like a little, like a plucky kid, but then. Uh, but then I remembered, wait, he said mid nineties. And in your past story, you said you met Dave Moses in the eighties in university. Yeah. So some yeah, simple well, arithmetic that yeah. brings you to about our present age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah, so that, that was a humbling moment and uh, one that, um, uh, so now uh, my uh, friends who were witness to that uh, we now have like a shorthand of of uh, of you know trying and failing with uh, and we shorthand that by saying nice try. Nice try, sir. Yeah. So uh, yeah. uh, it's become part of our uh, our lore. Let's say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is going to make you feel any better or worse, or worse, but I have never had a teenager come up to me and call me sir. Uh, I don't know if that's because I lack a dignity that you have or what it is. Um, All I'll say, Ben, is it's going to happen at some point and your heart will plummet. Yeah. If it can go any lower than it already is, uh, then yeah. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I think as we put the silver bullet into this podcast, Benton, I think this is our nice try, sir, as we, <laughs> as we euthanize our own product after two years of development uh that's an awesome story rob but uh uh, uh i'm i'm actually glad it was something like unexpected because i know you and your experiences in comedy and theater like you mentioned with the uh blanking on uh on a line that something horrific on stage might have happened do you have any uh experiences that uh or perhaps embarrassing or ridiculous that you've experienced doing comedy or w even witnessing in comedy? Um, yeah, there's, uh, so um, back in the early 1990s, uh, I was part of a group of people who uh, created our own uh, theater company called Offstage Theater. Uh, we, uh, um, we rented uh, the space, which is now City Cinema. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was basically just a big uh, empty black box sort of theater. Uh, one of our final performances, we couldn't afford the rent basically, and, and the roof leaked, and uh, we couldn't afford it. It was a horrible situation, and we went horribly in debt. But uh, one of our final performances was a, a, a movie called, or a play called B Movie. It's a terrific uh, uh, movie, or a play, sorry. 
um, called B Movie. And uh, in uh, one of the moments in the play, I, I played uh, one of two roommates who were trying to put on or trying to, to uh, produce a, a film, let's say. And uh, uh, one of the moments, um, I'm supposed to take my hat off like a fedora and toss it across the stage and it's supposed to land on a uh, coat, uh, a coat rack, mm -hmm. hat rack. And um, uh, uh, we probably performed it five times. Uh, the fifth time it actually landed on the hat rack and the, the audience went crazy. Like they, they applauded and, and it, they cheered because you know, it was quite a feat. Um, I basked in that, uh, that applause. And then um, after the show, I, I was on stage with another performer, a, 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 a lovely uh, actress who I won't mention uh, the name of. Uh, afterwards, she had commented about how the audience was applauding and cheering for something that she had just said. Uh, she she was unaware that the, the hat had landed on the hat rack and she oh. thought the applause was for herself. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell her the truth that it was because of the hat landing on the hat rack. So that's, uh, I guess that's maybe her half a star story. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that I, I witnessed. Uh, yeah. It's very big of you. It was very big. I hope she's listening and I hope she realizes the sacrifice that you gave. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I, I doubt she's listening. And uh, <laughs> even if she was, I doubt she would uh, recognize the sacrifice uh, right. that I in, in not breaking, bursting her bubble. But so as you too probably know, there's so many times when I'm on stage with fellow actors where uh, I I don't break your bubbles when really the uh, the applause and the laughter is uh, because of something that I've done. Yeah, if, it's true. Yep. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if there's one thing I could say about my experience with Rob McDonald in the Papalopalots is that he's never ribbed anybody on stage. He's never... Uh, never shat on someone's poor offer in a scene uh, <laughs> it's uh it's always with love but even even ribbing is with love i think i the way i understand your your clown your your buffoon your your goofiness on stage is always for the betterment of the show and it's never about the individual and i think uh that's a that can be a tough hill to climb for for some performers uh myself included mm -hmm. uh, but it always always makes for a better show as a whole, I think, and I think that's uh, a that's what I like about clown anyway. Clown has a bit of an elbows up kind of <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah, buffoonery is very much uh, trying to please the audience, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, that's I, I I take that to heart every time I, I perform improv, especially is just uh, trying to please the audience, and sometimes that means. Uh, uh, breaking down that fourth wall and uh, sort of um, pointing out things that uh, were just said or done that uh, the audience needs to be uh, made aware of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anger and uh, hatred and uh, love as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And folks, anger, hatred, and love are the three key ingredients to our little podcast. Wouldn't you say so, Ben? 
I would think absolutely so, Justin. That is a very apt way to summarize just about two years of this absolute nonsense. We've invested. We've sorry, Rob. Also uh, add uh, masturbation (laughs) that uh, list. Anger. I don't remember what the three other things were: anger, hatred, and love, and masturbation. Yeah. I mean, I realistically, the love is self-love, so. Oh, I was going to say self-hate. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's very much what I find um, podcasts are a lot of. Them. Yeah, for sure. It's a Wayne's World for radio. And boy, if we didn't invest more hours into, into this than we did to our honors thesis at UPEI, then, you know... It would be ridiculous to call this a failure. This was a roaring success, I think. And I think the biggest success is we know when to end yep. on our terms. Uh, I have a question for you too. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a random question. I was thinking this morning, what could, uh, what could I uh, bring to this podcast? And I've come up with this question. So you guys, I assume, are familiar with some of the lore about vampires, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One in particular is um, they need to be invited into uh, a building or a room or whatever. Mm-hmm. My question, if a vampire gets invited into a room or uh, a, a building or whatever, do, does that give them carte blanche to enter that building from, for the rest of eternity? That's interesting. Hmm. My question oh, is, do they have to be invited by a, a different person? So let's say, uh, you know, if a vampire goes to, uh, yeah, but yeah. So what's your answer to that first part? My immediate thought on that is that it's more about the relationship between the vampire and the person. So I think as long as that person is occupying the building, they have carte blanche. But if it's like, obviously the human being is going to pass away and the vampire is not. So at, at a certain point, once that human being ceases to exist, I think that that permission goes too. So I think the the vampire has as much access to the building as there are people who have given it to them. That's what I would say. So just put it into a, like a real life uh, context. If Ben is in the faculty lounge in the main building at UPEI, and a vampire asks asks to enter the room mm-hmm. and says yes, the vampire can come in. Yeah. Next day, if Justin is in the faculty lounge at the in the main building at UPEI and Ben isn't there, does the vampire A have to again ask or uh, or be given permission? I would say given- yes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. My thought on it is uh, it's a little bit more holistic. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Um, but really, uh, I don't see it as like a pass. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, well, Ben says you can come in. That That's your ticket to coming in always until Ben dies. Uh, I think of it just as holding space. And I think I, I base this on fucking nothing. Uh, but uh the person holds space like uh, in a room, in a building, like whatever containment it is. Uh, and if the vampire wants to come in in order to 
have access to the space, they must be granted like access to the space, whoever's holding court. So I don't know if they can come into like an empty room because no one is holding that space and then they can, they can enter it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I actually have been researching vampire lore for a stupid thing that I'm working on, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's something uh, quite so specific bound by architecture and, and person, or if it's just something a little bit more intimate in terms of relationship to uh, space. Yeah. Uh, like, like I think it's a manners thing. Yeah. Etiquette yeah. manners. Yeah. Yeah. Based on your uh, response there, Justin, I think I've, I've found, I've stumbled maybe onto the truth of it is when a vampire is asking to enter a room, mm -hmm. uh, someone in it, what they're actually asking is to enter your soul. Oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I would say every time they want to enter a new soul, they have to get the permission to enter the room that that soul is occupying. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's I like interesting. it. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Because it is a really specific, like, like it, it, it in the weirdness of vampires, like with uh, a stake through the heart, they're done. Uh, I was about to say onion. Garlic is their their sworn enemy, and to enter a building, they have to ask permission. It's a weird collection of uh, absurd traits. I have a question for you, Rob. Uh, why? <laughs> what made you think that? Well, uh, what made me think it is uh, I thought to myself, uh, again, in, in reference to uh, how will I present myself in this podcast, I thought it would be fun if I asked at the very beginning of this podcast, if I asked for your permission to be uh, invited into <laughs> this room meeting yeah then i thought to myself well wasn't justin sending me the link the invitation yeah. so therefore uh, i don't have to ask and also uh our inane chatter off the top went on long enough that you just threw out all pretext of any bits and we're just like can i talk now yeah. i think that <laughs> might have maybe that was asking permission <laughs> <laughs> let's just start so this fucking thing can end <laughs> On that note, folks, I think we've, we've said enough, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the usual spiel at the end of the episode applies. Uh, I want to thank Rob for coming on and helping us uh, say goodbye to this thing in the best way we could. I want to thank any of the listeners who have stuck it through all the way. We really appreciate the support. We'll see you on the other side. This isn't the end of Half a Star. It's just the end of the podcast. Uh, we will have content whenever we feel like it and we want to thank you for supporting us uh yeah and in the words of paul mccartney uh in the end the love you do is the other thing too can i uh <laughs> i don't know if this would work and maybe you guys don't even know the lyrics <laughs> could the three of us attempt to sing the half a star podcast yeah yeah uh, yeah all right, this is going to be hell to edit back at the end of this, but let's try it out. Because uh, at the beginning, I was so tempted to sing along to my own. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do it. All right. <clears throat> uh, I don't even know if I know it. Uh, how does it start? <laughs> I don't listen because it's a podcast. <laughs> All right. Ready? Who's going Three, to count two, one.
I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must hear they are then Ben and Justin. Together, they are half of a star. That was very slow. I would love it if you guys edited that out of the podcast. <laughs> but by saying that, it then definitely needs to remain in. I think I think that'll be the theme song this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you definitely want people to stop listening. <laughs> I think of it like a video game, Rob, where people come in and it's like, all right, this, what's the first level? Oh, this is mildly challenging and engaging. Is it too hard to continue? Is it just not engaging enough to keep my attention? So, you know, people who make it to the, what are we at? 40 minute mark. People who make it this far, they're down for anything. So do you have any conspiracy theories? I mean, fuck, get it. All I'm going to say is that probably for uh, 75% of this particular podcast, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> that's generous because that's more than, no, that's a, is that more or less than, that's more than two thirds and you make up a third of this podcast. Yeah. I so mean, to be paying attention to yourself. <laughs> to be fair, Rob, I often catch up on my emails during this podcast. Ah. So I think, you know. Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, I'm looking for connections uh, right now, and uh, I'm finding that there's an interesting connection between uh, talking about uh, Lauren Elliott for getting lines on stage and my little anecdote about uh, falling theater from forgetting lines. So Mm -hmm. that's an interesting little connection. It must be lovely to be Lauren Elliott because he just keeps falling in love with theater every time he goes on stage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No comment. I just had to complete the set because the two of you made yeah. fun of him. So then I needed to, yeah. 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 Anyway. I do love Lauren, to be honest. Yeah, I no, he's great. He's a Canadian institution. I love dunking on him too. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, this has been fun. Well, it's been a pleasure to be part of your final ever uh, Half a Star podcast. And I look forward to whatever else uh, the two of you get up to because... Uh, you're um, you're doing things, and uh, that's all I ever want from people. You know, we're doing things even though nobody asked us to. And one in question. that way, we are the anti-vampire. Yes, yeah. no one has invited us to do this, and we are still doing it. We don't we suck don't. blood; we just suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. All right, it's been half a star. Be good to yourself. Uh, Thanks for listening. Be good to yourself, uh, singular. Yeah. You're only one person that's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, uh, I'll call home uh, uh, tomorrow. 